Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is January 22nd, 2020. You ever get sick of saying that? No. It's getting more fun as the year goes on. <laughs> 2020! Not Jameis Winston's vision. 2020! Will that ever get old? No. Huh? Dad no. jokes. <laughs> well, it's good to be back. Back on the microphone. Or yapping, running our mouths about things we have no idea about, but we just like to talk. <laughs> the Super Bowl contenders... We got any have fact, been decided. We got any facts, checks, or follow-up? No, I didn't listen to the last one. Did you? No. If we missed any, please comment. <laughs> please <laughs> let us know. Do our follow-ups and <laughs> fact checks for us. <laughs> we should, we should crowdsource the follow-ups and fact checks. Sometimes they do. Oh, That's you know true. what? We do have one. Rarely even on YouTube. We had talked about Brinson Buckner, why John Gruden fired him, and apparently it was to hire Rob Marinelli. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's per rarely even. So if he's wrong. Blame him. I blame him. <laughs> Thank you for the information. Huh. Interesting. So Marinelli from Dallas? I think so. That is interesting. I should have uh, been paying more attention to that. Yeah, Marinelli was with us at the uh, won the Super Bowl with Gruden. He was with us under Dungy. He's been with uh, Dallas Cowboys since, what, about 2013? It's off tip of my tongue there. Mm-hmm. Don't know. That's interesting. Okay. Good job. Rarely even. Let's talk about the championship games real quick. Yeah. And then we'll get into the meat of this podcast. I'm so disappointed in the Tennessee Titans. But, you know, Kansas City did the same thing to the Texans. They let the Texans get up, and then they just showed up, like, in the second quarter. Yeah, it's like Kansas City does the same thing the Buccaneers does. We spot people 17 <laughs> points. Unfortunately, they're a little bit better at coming back and winning the games. But. I just feel, I feel like they do it intentionally, and it's kind of like a cat playing with its prey. Like... <laughs> They let it get away, and then they bat it with that big paw. <laughs> I did not expect Kansas City to win like that, although I did pick Kansas City to win. Let's not forget that. The one you got right. I know. I had to pick against you both times because I'm behind you by, what, eight, eight points, 16 yeah. points? So. And then Green Bay just got embarrassed like they did the first time they played San Francisco. Yeah, I kind of expected that. I don't know. You make it that far in the playoffs, you think they'd be better. You would think, but I, you know, I don't even know how Green Bay made it to the playoffs. To be honest with you, they must have had a an easy division. schedule or something, yeah. Because yeah. you know, and they, but I mean, they weren't thirteen and three, right? Couldn't be that easy. Yeah, like the worst thirteen and three team to make it to the playoffs <laughs> in quite a while. If you ask me, I mean, really, all they got is Aaron Rodgers, right? And uh, San Francisco shut him down. They were on him like white on rice in a snowstorm. And no, they were in San Francisco. Yeah. So at least San Francisco didn't have to go play at Lambeau. In the cold. In the cold. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be a Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I wanted to see Tennessee 49ers just because, you know, it was the two underdogs and blah, 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 and a little bit of smash mouth football between the two of them. But no, I think it's going to be great because you're looking at the powerhouse team against a high scoring offense. No. Yeah, that offense is just ridiculous. Yeah, are, are Being the, able to put up 51 points in a playoff game. Are the 49ers going to be able to get to Mahomes? That Bosa, he's a real deal, man. I like that guy. I realized at the end of the Chiefs game what it is about Patrick Mahomes that irritates me, and he reminds me of Jeff Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a dainty little man. <laughs> Molly called me and she was like, 
who's this remind you of? That's, that's, that reminds me of Jeff Gordon right there. When he was interviewing. Yeah. yeah. And sure enough, he did talk just like him. Yeah. I wonder if they're from the same area. Maybe. Let's look at it. It was weird. And just off the top of my head, without having to look anything up on the internet, Patrick Mahomes is from Tyler, Texas, and Jeff Gordon is halfway across the nation from Vallejo, California. So, no, not the same. Not at all. They're not even in the same time zone. (laughs) (laughs) Barely the same continent. Uh, But, yeah, they sounded exactly alike and acted like. crazy. But, you know, really, it goes back to what we we talk about here all the time. It's the... How you're expected to act and talk now. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, Patrick Mahomes is very polished and well that's Jeff Gordon Jeff Gordon was kind of the first NASCAR yeah, driver to right. be polished and speak well and marketed family friendly and yeah, all that stuff. Eloquent. Always said the right things. So that's why you don't like Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, he reminded- I don't know, he's just a little irritated. I don't know. You know, I say that, but I had never really heard an interview with him before. <laughs> You just just don't like him. I just don't like him. I don't know. (laughs) We need to get to the root of it. Well, yeah, let's be honest here. It's just the flashy, the running quarterback. I just don't like running quarterbacks. Just not a fan. You know, I... It's that play style. Yeah, that... that It's just flashy. Well, to me, it's you're relying too much on your athleticism and not your skill. There you go. See? I'm rubbing off on you. That's right. Exactly. And eventually you get hurt and you slow down and then you don't have that then what anymore. Do you got? And then what do you have? You got Cam Newton. That's what you got. <laughs> right. Colin Kaepernick. You'll be... All, RG3. All, you'll be all worried about your uh, fashion sense instead right. of your... Career. Yes. Hey, maybe he could be a designer. Uh, you were telling me that the Carolina Panthers hired a defensive coordinator. Who was it? They did. I don't know. All I know is he's from college. Yeah. So I want to say my Carolina Panther fan... Family member said he was from Baylor. He was a defensive coordinator at Baylor. McDermott? No. No, that's from January 17th, that's an old one. I don't know Come how to Google. On, I don't know how to Google. Snow. Phil Snow. Yeah, and he was the uh, defensive coordinator under Rule, who is now their ho- head coach at Carolina, at Baylor from 2017 to 2019, and Temple from 2013 to 2016. So no big surprise that he brought him on. So the offensive coordinator is the LSU offensive coordinator. So it's a college staff. Greg Schiano 2.0. I know. I mean, this guy is almost exactly like Greg Schiano. He's bringing in a bunch of college staff that's never had any of a whole lot of NFL experience. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Like, it's going to be a rebuild minimum two years. No wonder Luke Keekley was like, I'm out, man. I mean, what? That, that's got to be something when you're a starter for a team and you have more NFL experience than everybody on the coaching staff. Yeah, <laughs> a, no I don't kidding. think I'd want to hang out there either. Oh, the kittens. What kind of news we got going on? I have not even been following it this week. Oh, my gosh. You know, we're going to. There be- was a bunch of rumors on Twitter about the fate of Jam- Jameis Winston. So. There's a little bit of drama in Buck's Twitter with some people saying, oh, this is what I've heard. And then other people saying, you don't know what you've heard. <laughs> <laughs> you have no credibility. <laughs> that kind of stuff. So at this point, everything is rumor speculation. Yeah, this is that time of year. Yeah, man. it's uh, so boring. Uh, Jason Garrett went to the Giants as offensive coordinator. So I thought that was crazy. I thought that was a very, the enemy. very smart move by the Giants, I thought. Right. But that's really the only news I've seen. Uh, Philip Rivers bought, uh, moved his horde. I was going to say family, but then 
His Quite, gaggle. His gaggle. <laughs> to Florida. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. He said it's to be closer to home. I don't know where he's from, speaking of hometowns, but... And they didn't say specifically where in Florida he moved to, which I think that is pretty relevant because it's a big state. Decatur, Alabama. Okay. I knew he was a Southern boy. So maybe he moved up in the panhandle. Maybe. In any case, he's a free agent. But it does spark a lot of rumors that he's going to be the next quarterback of the Buccaneers. I just don't see that unless... It completely falls through with Jameis. See, even if negotiations don't go well, I still see the Bucks franchising him. I don't see him leaving. I don't either. Stranger things have happened, though. Maybe it's also that I don't want him to leave. <laughs> yeah. We've been down that road before. The coaching carousel, the quarterback carousel. I'm just not a fan yeah, of the it's like, turnover. It's all it's been for the past decade. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so it's not like losing a safety or a receiver. You know, this is a major part of our team that we would be losing. And it's just so hard to build that rapport again with the guy. I mean, Jameis has been here five years. A lot of these guys, he's been with that long. Donovan, Kappa, Marpet, Dodson. I mean... Mike Evans. So yeah, you, you're, you're you would just have it. I mean, you're starting ground zero. Yeah, when you're you potentially put a new guy in there. Dropping a hand grenade in the offensive locker room if yeah. you remove Winston. You never know what's going to happen. Although, you know, I've always liked Philip Rivers. He's, I do too, but I don't think he's an upgrade over Jameis. No, I know, and, and he's definitely it would we're, we would definitely be in kind of win now mode if yeah. we got Philip Rivers because he ain't gonna be around much longer, and no. neither is Bruce Arians. So, although he's a competitor, and when you look at quarterbacks, the older quarterbacks that we have in the league, I mean, they're still playing into their forties. So, would he take a less of a pay cut than what we were gonna have to pay Jameis anyhow? I mean, is it gonna be that much of a difference? Maybe five million difference? I mean, you know, he's gonna right. Want... Is it gonna be enough to yeah. justify? Yeah. Everything I so. else. I don't think so. But if it did happen, I wouldn't be, like, supremely upset. No, me neither. He's somebody you can get behind. And he really wants to win. I love the story I heard on Pat McAfee's show where there was a another player who had played against Philip in college. And he just hated him in college. You know, Philip went to NC State. And I think it was a rival team that this guy was on. Eventually, he went and played with Philip, and he realized that Philip was so good at trash talk, like he never cusses because he's very religious, so he never swears, but he still managed to find whatever gets under the guy's skin and just trash talks. Yeah, you gotta like to that. To that point, yeah, and it's just like, yes, that is a competitor where he's getting to the point he's just <laughs> figuring out what grinds your gears. <laughs> Psychological warfare. Yeah. I saw it last year, I can't remember who it was, somebody intercepted him, and he ran down the field and like grabbed the guy by the jersey and got all up in his face. <laughs> he was like angry about that. I was like, man, that's, that's some intense crap right there. But Philip Rivers throws just about as many interceptions as... Jameis Winston does. Not as many as Jameis Winston did this year, but throughout the career of Phillip Rivers, you know, he's a, he's a turnover machine. He's a gunslinger, and he's not going to give us that uh, able to run down the field ability that Jameis Winston does, although I hate that. I mean, I like it in a sense that it's there if you need it, but I'm, I'm a kind of only an emergency situation type of guy. I think Jameis Winston did a good job of not doing it that much this year. A few times he did it when he shouldn't have, blah, 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 but you're just not going to get that much out of Phillip Rivers. There's not that upside. He's got upside, but not that 
particular attribute. So let's get to this, the meat of this podcast, which is Jameis Winston's interceptions. Are you hungry? Because you said meat twice meat. in this episode. Actually, I'm so full. We just had Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Ralph has been laboring so hard over this Jameis Winston interception video. It's been a week. I know. We said, it. we said it was going to be up last Friday, right? Almost a week ago. Ralph forgot to turn the microphone on at one point. <laughs> you <laughs> I didn't have to say that. Yeah, I go, I'm doing this whole video. Two hours yes. of audio. He's recorded. He spent recording audio. And then, oops, microphone wasn't on. That was a pain. But it's just been a, point, a case of, you know, I did it. I, I was just going to whip it out, put it out there, and not do a whole lot with it. But I just started seeing so much in it. And there was so much I wanted to add to it. At one point, it was like an hour and a half long. Oh, my gosh. And I had to edit it down. This will be my fifth edit, I think. And I'm trying to get it down. I want to start having videos that are, you know, around 10, 15 minutes. Because that's what people like That's kind of a sweet spot. Yeah, on YouTube, people watch it. I'm guilty of that. If I'm scrolling, I see something I'm interested in. First thing I do is I look and see how long it is. And if it's over 10 minutes, I usually go, meh, and scroll on. But I, I, I want to start making 10-minute videos. But... I couldn't with this one, man. You're talking about 30 interceptions. There was a lot to go through. And, I, you know, I just had to keep cut, cutting things down. Then I was adding stuff. And then I was cutting things down. I was adding, and it just it just turned into, I, I would say, a labor of love. But I haven't really loved laboring on this too much. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it last night. And it's truly one of your best. I really like this one. Thank you, thank you. I learned a lot. And you brought up some really good points. And that's what I want to talk about today. Not necessarily the analysis of the interceptions. Yeah, we could do all that because this is going to come out at the same time as right. the video. So this is. But a, the most important thing that I want to talk about are your conclusions from the analysis. Yeah, it kind of surprised me too because if anybody remembers at the end of the season, the last game of the season, I said Jameis Winston's interceptions were our biggest issues on this team. And how do you feel now? I, I feel like they are a big issue, but they're not as big as I thought they were. It really actually kind of blew my mind going through all this. So he had 30 interceptions, and I broke it down into five categories. This is like a companion podcast to the video. Uh, I broke it down into five categories. The categories were uh, bad decisions. And that's where Jameis just threw a ball when he shouldn't have in an, into an area that he should not have. So that includes even when the defender maybe made a good play on the ball, but still Jameis shouldn't have thrown the ball to begin with because that defender was there or he was in position to play, make a play. So sometimes it's the defender did make a good play, but it's also on Jameis. You got to identify that and not throw that ball. Yes, I didn't. I didn't do a category for good defensive plays, or although there are some. Yes, and and you know all of these things are subjective. Some of them are obvious issues, but you know they're all subjective, and you can move things around into different categories and whatnot. And you can even add an extra category. I don't know, but these are the things I came up with, and I just wanted to see where what the majority issue was with his interception. So I had bad decisions and then bad passes. And that's where, you know, you just... It's a duck. Yeah, the ball comes out bad. It, uh, You know, you throw it over the receiver's head or something like that. Uh, then I had miscommunication. That's where the receiver and the quarterback weren't on the same page for whatever reason. Uh, then I had uh, hits, which is when James Winston got hit during his throwing motion. And then I had uh, the receivers. You know, when it when it was in the receiver's hands or he could have caught it and they didn't, and it was an interception. So those were the five categories I had, and I went through every single interception, and I charged them out, laid them out, and it kind of surprised me at how 
James Winch's bad decisions was the va- way the vast majority. It didn't start like off that double way. digits. Yeah, he had fourteen, is what I can. Fourteen bad decisions. So half, almost half of all of his interceptions. Yes, and then uh, he had, uh, I think, five bad passes. Which really is not that many. No, considering he threw fourteen thousand passes. <laughs> Yeah, so he had five bad passes, and that, that really wasn't a whole lot, but that's just interceptions. I mean, he had more than five bad passes all year, but uh, there were the five passes where I, you, I could look at it and say, eh, I, don't know. I think he was trying to hit that receiver, but he was a little bit off target on that one. There were only four miscommunications, and half of those were in the Tennessee game. And I think in the Tennessee game, I think it was uh, Mike Evans was out in that one. It was the first time that Chris Godwin was number one. Then we had Scotty Miller. And I'm not sure exactly how the setup was, but I remember there was some wide receiver mix uh, rearrangements we had during that game. Uh, as far as getting hit when he threw the ball, there was only four of those. That surprised me. I thought it was more than that. And, of course, remember, these are just interceptions. These aren't a total throughout the season of all of his passes. You know, He, he got hit plenty more than that. But yeah. These were just – he got hit as he was throwing the ball that caused the interception four times. And then there was only three – Interceptions that were due to receivers. And you know, two of those were OJ. Yeah, and two of them were OJ at the beginning of the year. And, and most of the, if you watch the video, I got a counter in the right-hand corner after every play. I'll, I'll add it to one of those five categories. And if you look, Molly pointed this out to me even. She even noticed it, that it wasn't until midway through the season, about, about midway through the season, all the categories were almost even. You know, you'd have... You know, four bad passes, three miscommunications, stuff like that. And the the miscommunications and the receivers were the two ones that kind of were racked up pretty quickly in the video. So in the season, and then they stopped. Yeah, yeah. Towards the end of the year, it was basically all Winston. You know, bad passes, miscommun or bad passes, bad decisions, and getting hit. Well, the getting hit wasn't even that bad. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. was only four times. So primarily, it was the bad decisions and the bad passes. Yeah, out of his last 12 interceptions, eight of them were bad decisions. So I found that very, very interesting. But what, the most the most craziest thing that I, I saw in this that really blew my mind, not a single interception while outside the pocket. Every single pass he threw was in the pocket. So you need to stop giving him a hard time about scrambling like that. Because <laughs> I know it drives you crazy. But and then his completion, isn't his completion rating or his quarterback rating outside the pocket last season was last just season. outrageous. Yeah, last season it was outrageous. It was, so, he was the best in the league at that. Yeah, that just, it just totally, totally shocked me. And statistically, he should have quite a few outside the pocket. Because, as much as he runs. Yeah, because you figure he's got about a 4% interception rate, which means he throws an interception. For every 100 passes, that's four interceptions. So that means one interception every 25 passes, approximately. We know he threw it outside the pocket more than 25 times, so he should have at least one. You know, he probably threw it outside the pocket you know, close to 100 times. Right. With no interceptions? Come on. So that was that was quite amazing. But then... You know, when I was like, okay, you know, as I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, th- this is a real issue. His decision making is a real issue. You know, I talk about it in the game reviews, how he, he just doesn't read the field very well. And to, and to me, that's bad decision making there when you can't see the field. And I figure, well, this, maybe that's what this is. But we also got to remember this guy's, this guy threw a lot of passes this year. You know, he had 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. So I was like, how much of these interceptions are actually affecting the game? I mean, how many of these interceptions cost us games? We lost nine nine games this year. How many of those were on Jameis Winston because of his interceptions? Well, I found three that you could definitely point to and say, because of those interceptions, we definitely lost those games. And that was the Tennessee Texans 
Atlanta? In Atlanta, the last game of the season. No, his interceptions on those those plays, that was the last offensive play for the Buccaneers, they were interceptions. They led to the other team winning. But And those were games where we could come back. We were down three, four points or tied. So we were marching down the field to either win the game or tie the game, and James Winston threw an interception, giving the other team victory. There was three of those. But of those three games, we can't say for certain. I mean, we can't say for certain that those interceptions cost us the game, but we can't say that we would have gone the game without those interceptions. Because, and this is another crazy thing I saw in all this, when James Winston threw zero interceptions during a game, which he did that four times last year, threw no interceptions, we won half those games, lost half. So it, it made no difference. It made no difference. So when he threw one interception, there was three games where he threw one interception, I think. Wait a minute. So when we threw one interception, it was against the Giants, Lambs, and Rams, and the Lions. I like calling them Lambs instead. <laughs> the Lambs. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. We lost two of those out of three. Two out of three. No, we won two. Lions and Rams. The Giants we lost. Okay, yeah. So we so we won two one, out two. of three. Right, so we lost. So even when Winston doesn't throw a whole lot of interceptions, we've got about a fifty percent chance of winning. When he throws one interception or less, that was seven games. We won four of them, lost three. So then you're like, well, what? Why did? I mean, if you were to extrapolate that throughout the season, that would make us have a, I don't know, what a nine and seven record instead of a seven nine record. So that's a two game swing. So, I mean, you could honestly say Jameis Winston's interceptions cost us two games, if, if you look at it that way. You know, I mean, it's just, it's really hard to look at this in any way without coming up to the fact that Jameis Winston's 30 interceptions on the season only cost us no more than three, maybe four games, if you really squeeze it in there. There's just no other way to look at it. And that blew my mind. I was like, no, it's got to be more than that. So a little less than half, a little less than half. So that, I mean, that's a big issue. You know, and you could still go with the fact that it's the biggest issue for us losing games, but it's not going to get us in the playoffs. If we would have won three more games, we would have went ten and six, and we probably still would have not made the playoffs because Minnesota's ten and six, and the, all the tiebreakers and stuff. And if you look at the categories that you have, you've got bad decision, bad pass. Those are both on Jameis exclusively. Yeah, that's nineteen. But if you take the mis- miscommunication, the hits, and the receivers, those are problems with other people. Like, those aren't strictly Jameis's fault. The miscommunication, you could split it half and half and say, because you don't know who had the issue with the communication problem. Right. right? Like, Jameis would need to work with his receivers to remedy those issues. The mm-hmm. hits, probably not his fault. No. There there could be a case where he kind of scrambled and then got hit. Not, none not, of those. None of those. None of those. Yes. Okay. So, the hits... Not his fault. The receivers, not his fault. So right there, that's 11 interceptions right there that the responsibility was shared with other people. So you get Jameis working with the guys around him to clean those up. There's 11 interceptions right there. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're ever going to get rid of that. I think that all of any quarterback in the league is going to have issues with that, but you can definitely decrease those numbers. You know, Absolutely, yeah. Miscommunication. And I think that that one will go down next year, but... Still, it was only four this year. Well, and the hits and the receivers. So I think that, yes, I think time will remedy those. Right. Time in the system, time working together in the system, learning the playbook better. I think that'll cut down those 11. I concur. And I think that the uh, decision-making is going to improve as well. Because we all know this is a, 
this is an offense that's similar to Dirk Cutter's offense, very, very similar, actually. And it requires a lot of downfield throws uh, and a lot of taking risks. You know, you got to throw into tight coverage. And, timing routes. Yeah, a lot of timing routes. So, Jameis is going to adjust, and I'm sure it's going to decrease some of his bad decisions. But he's always had bad decisions. With Cutter, he made bad decisions. In college, he made bad decisions. And I'm not saying he's horrible at decision-making, but he they creep in on him. You know, and it's, and it's especially, especially when he's under pressure. And I'm not talking about uh, pressure as far as guys coming at him on the defense. I'm talking about pressure and he needs to win this game because 11 of his interceptions came in the fourth quarter or overtime. 10 came in the first quarter. Very few came in the second and third quarter. So 21 came in the first and the fourth quarter. Yes. The beginning of the game, the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, five of the five or six of the 10 that came in the first quarter came when there wasn't even a score on the board with the, for either team. <laughs> so it's very strange. You've got, here he is at the beginning of a game Throwing a lot of interceptions, and here which he is. we we even said that towards the end of the season, like okay, let's yeah, just, just get, get this over with. <laughs> just throw your first one, then we'll throw a touchdown and be done with it. Yeah, if he would have done that in the Atlanta game, we probably wouldn't won that. Right, you know, throw the interception in the first quarter, not in overtime. Right. Uh, so you know, his first fourth quarter interceptions, nine of the eleven came while we were trailing. So. You know, when he's under pressure and he's trying to force the ball downfield, he throw, he's he makes, trying to win. He, yeah, he makes bad decisions sometimes that lead to interceptions. And it's interesting you saying that the ones in the fourth quarter or first quarter that came when there was no score on the board. Half of them, yeah. Half of them. You know, he's trying to do something there. He's trying to make something happen. Start there. off with a bang yeah. or something. Yeah. And, and he, he's just got to get but, – but this is baked in with him. You know, we just got to come to the conclusion. We could decrease it some, whatever. It'd be a, it'd be a good idea, but – it's going to happen. The guy's a gunslinger, and he's going to try and squeeze these balls in places he shouldn't, and he's going to get picked off. That's just how Jameis Winston is. Now, what we got, what he needs to do, I say we because I feel like I'm part of the team. <laughs> I'm coaching him up right now. When the fourth quarter comes around and we're behind, this guy has got to seriously get out of that gunslinging mentality. It's costing us games. A third of the games we lost were directly lost because Jameis Winston made Bad decisions. That's not true. Only two of them were bad decisions. One was a miscommunication error in the Tennessee game. But those games were ended on Jameis Winston's interception. That's not to say we would have won them had he not thrown the interception, but... But we definitely lost them because he threw the interception. Right. So, you know, we're looking at uh, three or four games a year. Jameis Winston, last year, cost us games just based on interceptions. So we can say, we'll say three out of nine, 30%. If you want to, if you, I would actually say what's closer to four. So four out of nine, that's more like a little over 40%. Okay, this number keeps getting bigger because last night when we talked about it, it, it was two. Right. Now it's double. <laughs> well, I got to thinking about it, you know, and I was basing that on some other stuff, but, it, you know, it just didn't seem right. Only two interceptions or two games based on all these interceptions. So I went back and I looked at games where we had four or five interceptions. I mean, that's almost impossible to overcome, four yeah. or five interceptions. We had three of those games. So I added them in. So I, here's what I did. I said, okay, the three games where we lost the game, the game ended on Jameis Winston's interception, and we had an opportunity to come back and win. That was Tennessee, Texans, and Atlanta in overtime. And then there was Carolina game in London where he threw five interceptions. Then there was, uh, I think it's San Francisco. Wait a minute. New Orleans. New Orleans, where he had four interceptions. And then he had four interceptions against the Texans. 
All right, that's the same. That's a so that that's six different games where you can say Jameis Winston's interceptions cost us those games. Now, now it has tripled. So right. it started off as two. Now we're at six. No, no, hold on. Here's, this football math. Here's, here's what I'm saying. <laughs> so Jameis Winston's those six games. We could say Jameis Winston those interceptions cost us the games. Now we can't say he we would have won those games, but what we can say based on Games where Jameis Winston threw zero interceptions, we would win half of the games. Okay. If Jameis Winston plays almost a perfect game, we will win half the games. Okay. So I took that and I applied it to this. If Jameis Winston wouldn't have thrown those interceptions, how many of these games would we have won? So I said three. Three of those six. That's half. Okay. This is football math, everybody. So where's the four coming from? Just for good measure? Just for just good measure. Be, just to be conservative. Okay. That's, to make you happy, we'll say between two and four games. <laughs> yeah, so but it's three. It's I really, should say three. It's really impossible to... I think on the flip side, you have to give him credit for how many games he won for us, too. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, you have to weigh those, and I think he won more for us than he lost. Well, you got to say at the beginning of the year, I mean, our secondary was playing really bad, so you know, any game we won within the first five Six games, basically all on James Winston. Didn't we go like two and five? (laughs) (laughs) So he won us two games. Two games, okay. (laughs) I don't have an issue with Jameis's interceptions. I like you said, it's baked in. It's part of the package. I think his upside makes up for those deficiencies. I think that he can get better. I don't think that you're ever going to get rid of it completely. No, uh -uh, no, not with him. Not with unless he gives up. If he gives up and just starts, you know, he's like, all right, screw it. I'm just going to be a game manager. That's not who he is. It's yeah. never going to happen. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I'm just saying. In that circumstance, then maybe he would maybe. get rid of the interceptions. I know no, he, he'd probably stop winning games and throw just as many interceptions. Right. He'd be like Jared Goff. <laughs> right. Jared Goff threw almost as many passes as Jameis Winston did, had half as many touchdowns, half as many interceptions. That's crazy. Let me check that and make sure I'm right. <laughs> So, yeah, looking it up, James Winston threw 626 pass attempts. Jared Goff threw 626 pass attempts. James Winston had 33 touchdowns. Jared Goff had 22 touchdowns. James Winston had 30 interceptions. Jared Goff had 16 interceptions. So they were much more game managers than James Winston. James Winston just slings the He likes to rip it. He's a spin <laughs> that ball down there. <laughs> Let it rip. Also interesting, and this is something that me and Molly talk about all the time when we're watching football, is four, let's see, James Winston threw six pick sixes. Only one pick six was thrown on the opponent's side of the field. The other five were thrown on the Buccaneers' side of the field. Four of those five that were thrown on our side of the field were thrown from the 25-yard line or less. So we just need to run it till we get to, like, the 50. And then James can sling it all he wants. You know, I've always been of that opinion. When you're backed up on your goal line, don't throw a damn pass to the outside. That's an invitation for a pick six. And that's what happened with Jameis quite a bit. He would throw these out routes, and then boom, he'd get undercut. I think those pick sixes should count as his touchdowns. (laughs) Count as Jameis's touchdowns? Yeah. I mean, it's a touchdown. (laughs) Just the wrong team. Yeah, you're right. He, he, he threw a touchdown. <laughs> Didn't he do that his first pass? First just, pass. Just yeah. like Brett Favre. Yep. Just like Brett Favre. He's Brett Favre. So he threw a pick six on his first pass, and he's thrown a pick six on his last pass with the Buccaneers. If we don't sign him again. That's not going to happen. He's coming back. I'm like 99.9% certain. Wow, I almost want to make a bet with you on that. 
So if you're that certain, then you would be willing to bet a lot more than I'm willing to. We could make a lopsided bet. No. Yeah. It's got to be an equal bet. Well, if you're 99% certain, come on. All right. So, yes. And I, I, I kind of broke, brought that up in the video jokingly that what we need to do is never be behind in the fourth quarter and always run the ball until we get up to about the 40-yard line on our <laughs> side. You know, I mean, you can't do that, but that would get rid of most of the pick sixes and most of the interceptions. Okay. A, a good third of them, anyhow. Do you think a running game would help that? Um, a running back, a good run game. Do you think that would help mitigate his interceptions? Mm, yes, but not like a as far as the ratio goes. You know, right now he's at about four percent. I'm not exactly sure of the the exact number. Last time I looked, it was like four point four percent interception rate, which means he throws four interceptions per every hundred passes. I don't think that's ever really going to go down a whole lot. We might get it down to three and a half. Okay, I just did the math. It's four point seven nine percent. That's a lot. That's almost five percent. Yeah. That's almost five. That's a. That's almost an interception every twenty passes. Sounds about right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Well, that's this year. That's just this season, not yeah. overall. Well, overall, he's always had a higher. He's always up in over three percent. So I mean, it's just baked in with him. Yeah. But the good thing of it is, is that it's not because of bad mechanics or horrible receivers. It's really it's just his one. brain. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but you, you know, he, he threw 5,109 yards this year with a 61% completion rate. He's zinging this ball down the field a lot, and he's doing it in tight windows. That that one pass against, uh, yeah, I think it was week 17, the last last week, he threw it between three defenders. I was, I, I was amazed. I was like, how in the world did he get that one in? But that very could easily have been an interception, too. Right, number 31. Number 31. So... You know, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of spectacular plays, and then you're going to get a lot of boneheaded plays. That's just how it is. There's no there's no change in this. We can reduce the amount, but it's all the bad decisions. And I don't, I don't mind him making these bad decisions in the first quarter, but it's the fourth quarter where you throw in boneheaded passes. Like that one against Atlanta was just in overtime. It was like, don't it, it broke so many rules. You know, he let the receiver sit there for too long. He threw it to the outside when he was right up against the end zone. So it was an easy pick six. But it wouldn't have mattered anyhow if the guy would have fallen down and got there. All they needed was a field goal at that point. So, you know, if you're going to throw the ball, when you're when you're within 25 yards of your own end zone, if you're going to throw the ball, you better throw it way down the field. That's how I always look at it. You know, make it a punt. You know, that's why it's if an interception, it's not going to be a pick six or it's going to keep them out of field goal range most likely. So he needs to just, you know, his decision-making in instances like that needs to get to better. Really, when it comes to fourth quarter, if we're behind and he needs to come back, he, that's when he really, I don't know, shoot him full of Adderall or something, man. <laughs> get his brain focused. Because it's, it's almost like he gets out there and he's like, you know, it's like, there's no big deal if I throw an interception. Well, at this point, it is. If you throw an interception here, that's the end of the game, buddy. So he just needs to make better decisions at that point in the game. And we'll be all right, I think. So hopefully Bruce Aarons and Byron Leftwich and... Who's that other guy? Tom Moore? Who is it? Yeah, it's Tom Moore. Uh, you know, maybe they can get in his head and help him with that decision-making process. I don't know. What do you think the chances are that he comes back? 1%. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Uh, I, right now, I'm thinking 70%. Not bad. I just It's like what you say, who are you going to get that's better? Right, yeah. Every college prospect is an unknown. I mean, they might be the best in college. They might be the Johnny Football of the 2020 draft class, but mm-hmm. 
They get to the NFL and you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's and, a crapshoot. And then all the free agent of all the free agents, there's one or two that might be better. Might be, yeah. Tom Brady is maybe the only one I would take over him. But even then, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Is it Tom Brady or is it Bill Belichick? Do you really want to gamble on that question? <laughs> uh, Tom Brady couldn't play in this offense. Why? Uh, he's a short passing dude, man. He's like uh, Drew Brees. Not a slinger. Yeah, I mean, you got to figure Jameis Winston is slinging this ball 40, 50 yards 20 times a game. I mean, I don't know if that's the exact numbers. I'm just saying. But, I mean, he throws that ball downfield a lot. He does not throw a lot of short passes. <laughs> you know, and Drew Brees is in the... Tom Brady's, that's their bread and butter, you know. Five, ten-yard passes all day long. Every now and then they'll take a shot deep. But in this uh, Eric Coriel offense, you've got to throw that ball deep. Okay, so Tom Brady is the only one I would take over him. But now that you say that. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to change our whole yeah, philosophy of offense. And oh, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen either, yeah. As I'm saying, I mean, Philip Rivers would do it. Philip Rivers could fit in this system. Yeah, but is he better than Jameis? No. No. So you've got... The free agents, of all the free agent prospects, none are fit for the system or as good as Jameis. Right. And then the draft class are all unknown. So you keep Jameis. That's what I'm saying. Do you disagree? No, I agree with you. I mean, it, you know, you, you play with the devil you know. The better than the devil you don't know about. Exactly. Any means. And you're only going to get better as a team with continuity. I mean, you do upgrade in increments. As needed. I mean, upgrading is kind of a luxury that teams that have been together for a long time have, like New Orleans, who they've been building a team for years, and so they can go in the draft and say, okay, we could use somebody better here or here. But it's not, they're not replacing key parts of their team right. every year. Right. Yeah, that would be a huge, huge replacement to replace James Winston. And yeah. aren't we all tired of the carousel? I know I am. Coaching, quarterbacks, players. I definitely am. I'm just tired of the turnover. Sick of it. Turnover. Do you see what I did there? Uh, uh-huh. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I got puns. I, I was really, really surprised watching these interceptions and everything that how they, they weren't really anything like I thought they were. Uh, I expected to see a lot of sloppy mess out there, but it wasn't. I mean, even when Jameis Winston had bad decisions, you could see where ah, that's a pass James Winston makes nine out of ten times. Yeah, you could probably find a handful of other incidences for every interception where he had success in that Mm -hmm. same way. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it actually boosted my opinion of James Winston, which, you know, believe it or not, I am a James Winston supporter. You get a lot of whack on YouTube, especially (laughs) on your game analysis. People call you a James hater all the time. I know, that really surprises me because I've, I've been a James Winston supporter since he was drafted, anyhow. Not since he... Wait, if you're on my team, I'm a supporter of you. Let's put it that way. Right. But I've liked the Jameis Winston ever since that Atlanta game where he picked up that third and 13. <laughs> I tell you, man, that just made that me go, so ooh, crazy. I like this guy. <laughs> that was his first year. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm actually more confident with Jameis Winston now seeing that the interceptions were not as uh, bad as I thought they were. You know, with just about every interception he threw on a bad decision, I was like... Yeah, okay, I could see why he would have thrown that. You know, I mean, there were a few, of course, the, the one in Atlanta, especially in Week 17. I was just like, oh, God, it was, it was an eye roller. Like, why would you do that? But th- the vast majority of them, I was like, yeah, that's that's acceptable. I could understand why he would do that. Like I said, nine out of ten times he's going to make that pass. And uh, 
You know, so I, I didn't see the sloppiness that I expected to see at all, really, at all. I was actually surprised at how few bad passes there were. Yeah, only what, five? Yes. That's incredible. Yeah. With the bad decisions, Terry Bradshaw was on Pewtercast and he talked about Jameis. Of course, they had to ask him about Jameis. And he said, yes, Jameis makes bad decisions. So did I. I was there as a quarterback, same as him. And a lot of times you're in the middle of the throw and the ball comes out of your hand and immediately you just know that that's a bad decision and you never should have done that. So I think it happens to the best at quarterbacks. And Carson Palmer, you know, he did an interview a couple weeks ago talking about Jameis Winston and you know, Carson Palmer was with Bruce Arians in Arizona. And uh, Carson Palmer's first year with Ari- with Arians in Arizona, he had the most interceptions he's ever thrown in his career. And he said that in Bruce Arians' offense, you are going to throw interceptions. There's just no getting around it. And it's so complicated mm-hmm. that it takes a while to learn. Yeah, that's it's a difference between Cutter's offense and Arians' offense. Is the wide receivers have a lot more leeway with their routes. You know, they do a lot more option routes than Cutter does. Cutter was a much more four verticals guy. Uh, uh, Arians has a almost like a stepladder approach where he's got, you know, a guy goes out deep, guy goes mid. Usually two guys go mid, one guy goes short. Yeah, they call know. it the triangle. Yeah, and then you have a, a check down guy usually, the, the running back, if he's finished with his blocking. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot more complicated for both the quarterback and the receiver. So you expect more interceptions. And that's what I was saying earlier with the three categories that kind of involve someone else on the team that give them all another year to get on the same page, to grasp the system, feel comfortable in the system. And I think we're going to mitigate a lot of those. Yeah, and if we can get some better blocking <laughs> with our, our running backs and our tight ends, I think that's going to make a world of difference. Although I was surprised watching this, too, that the uh, almost all the hits that were caused weren't on the running backs. That surprised me. I want you to do the next one. The sacks. The sacks. Yeah, there's 47 of those Oh, sacks. my gosh. That's a lot. That's a lot. That that's might be, be a work in progress couple yeah, weeks I gotta on pop that off. One. i got to pop off some short videos, man, because <laughs> this one is this just burning me out. And, and, you know, people don't like watching, you know, these five-hour-long documentaries on... Okay, I'm like that, too, normally, but you have me sit down and watch it, and you know how I normally am. I'm watching a video, and I'm doing other stuff Mm -hmm. the whole time. I had to pay attention to this one because you made me, but... (laughs) (laughs) It it really didn't keep my attention. It wasn't... I I was, like, enraptured. Is that a word? Sure, we'll go with it. (laughs) So what you're saying is I have to go around to all Buccaneer fans and force them to watch my video. (laughs) No, you uh, forced me to watch it, but I wasn't miserable the whole time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, I, okay, okay. I really enjoyed this video, and it did keep my attention the whole time. It was really interesting and informative. I like the way that you broke it all down because you didn't use too much jargon that I'm not really familiar with. I tried to. I tried to use no jargon. It was. I, it was very clear and concise. So I'm very excited for people to see this video because I think it's a very good product yeah I try, I try to make them as simple as possible especially as far as jargon goes because once you once you lay out you know if i sit here and talk about the you know oh this is a cover three with a you know linebacker spy and all this you know it, it has nothing to do with the play it's just making me sound sound making me sound smart <laughs> making me sound smart and it's could be it confuses people and half the time 
that that crap is wrong because you don't know what they're supposed to be doing out there. And people love to nitpick that shit, too. Oh, they do. They will nitpick the crap out of it. It's not a crossy route. That's yeah. a T route. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making that up. <laughs> yeah, so a, a couple of times I caught myself. You know, talking about the routes that were being run. I'm like, I know I don't want to go into all that. So I would just, you know, I just basically draw a line and I go, here's the route that was run. I don't name it. So try to keep it as simple as possible so we don't get bogged down in those weeds. But to, to, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for, uh, to make it sound like I didn't force you to do this, <laughs> to okay. watch it, I was looking for her critique. I wanted her to sit down and, you know, make sure all the spelling was right and, and, if there was anything that was confusing or whatever. It was like clockwork orange, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I sat her down in a chair. I strapped her in a chair, stuck toothpicks in her eyes. No, I really did enjoy this video. Well, that's good. Glad. It didn't feel like 45 minutes. As, God, is it that long? Jesus. I tried to make it as short as possible, but that's as short as it could get. Unless I cut out all my analysis, which I'm not going to do because i got an ego. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so if you haven't watched the video yet, it should be Online now. I am rendering it and uploading it as we speak. If it's not up, please add us on Twitter so I can show Ralph and give him a hard time. Your adoring fans are waiting. Can't say as I say as I blame him because uh, <laughs> it's only been two weeks. I know. I need Buccaneers football, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone else feels that way too. Give them something. Yeah, they can hold onto this till one o'clock Sunday and watch it. <laughs> Because uh, we don't have any football this weekend. It sucks. Well, it's our first free weekend in forever. Since September? August, really? August. No, nah, we'll say September. Did they have preseason games on Sundays? No, no okay. they're like during the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, See, it's been that long. You don't I even know. know. <laughs> I don't remember anything. Yeah, about time to go into hibernation, hibernation mode. Until I don't even know what to do with all my free time now. I'm like, I can have time for hobbies. It's <laughs> she's, weird. She's sitting over here painting. She's got her painting desk set up. She's been painting the past week. I got time for stuff now. <laughs> it's weird. We spent a lot of time on football. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's why they I call them fanatics. I knew what I was getting into. You married into this. I, I did. didn't keep it secret. I know. <laughs> it was in our vows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, go check out the video. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, again, if you have any ideas for videos you'd like to see during the off season, let me know because I've, I've got a list accruing now. Uh, had some suggestions to uh, do uh, option routes, explain them a little better and show, give examples of them, which is going to be perfectly great because a lot of these miscommunications, especially in the Tennessee game, were option routes. And it would be a perfect opportunity to break down and show just how they work. Uh, some people wanted to do the uh, sacks, so we're going to be doing that. If you have any ideas, please feel free to email us, tweet at us, comment on Facebook. And we have a running list going, so... We can add to it. All right. Well, that's going to do it to, for us. Uh, not going to promise anything right now because it seems like every time we do, we're late with it anyhow. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll just tell you when it's done. We keep saying that, but we always go, next week we're going to have this up, or in two days we're going to do this. Okay. So Eventually. Yes. When are we going to pick back up to do three a week? We're probably starting next week. Okay. <laughs> Sunday. I don't know. Likely don't story. Know. We'll see. There's just so little news going on out I there. I know. But we've got a couple of uh, exposés we're going to be going over. CTE, we're going to do a whole podcast on that. Uh, we're doing a breakdown on Jameis Winston, pros and cons. Molly's going to take, what are you taking, pros? Pro. I'm taking cons. So that'll be an interesting podcast. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. 
just keep an eye out on your podcast. It'll, it'll pop up eventually. Right now, we're not on a consistent three-day schedule, but we'll get back on that soon. No promises as to win, though. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> All right. Till next time. Go Bucks.